Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal Part 13 of N, Path. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials I wrote over at bartb.ie forward slash ttt. This originally aired as part of Nasillacast episode 451, hosted at podfeet.com. I'm Bart Bouchotts, and the other voice you're about to hear is Alison Sheridan, host of the Nasillacast podcast. So, last where we left off last time was that we had just introduced the concept of the environment, and we spent a whole bunch of time playing around with environment variables and shell variables, and we created our own, and we set them, and we unset them, and we created a little script, and we, you know, we did all sorts of cool stuff with them, just basically to demonstrate the mechanics of variables. And we did mention that there were a bunch of these variables used by the system to do things, and we promised that this week we'd look at one of the most important of them all, the path environment variable. And so that's where we take up our story today. All right. So when I started this series, and until now, I've been rather vague about what I mean by a command. We, we said way, way, way back in episode two, that when you enter a command in the terminal, the first word is the command, then you have a space, optionally followed by arguments separated by spaces. And then we spent a whole bunch of time on that episode talking about how you escape things in your arguments. And we didn't really discuss the command bit at all. We just sort of left it there. Yeah, there are these commands, and they take arguments. And then we spent all of our time looking at the arguments. Well, I think it's about time we took a step back and had a look at the command bit of that interaction. Okay. So... The command is basically a word, for want of a better thing. You know, something with no spaces in it, I'll call it a word. That can actually be one of two things that are subtly different, but in a very important way. So they're either a bash built-in command, or is they're the name of an executable file. So to get a list of built-ins, if you're curious, you can say man space built-ins. And it will give you the list. It's stuff like ls, sorry, not ls, pwd, cd, the really, really, really basic stuff is all in there. And anything that's not on that list is an executable file that gets run by bash on your behalf. Now, that leads to the question, where are these executable files? So if ls is not in the list of built-ins, when I type ls, Bash is finding a file somewhere that is executable that's called ls and running it. Oh. Where is it finding it? Okay. Well, the key to where it finds it is the path environment variable. So before we look at how it works, let's just remind ourselves what it is. So um, we'll do echo.path, and you're just going to see a list of folders and they're is path separated. all capital letters? It is. So it's echo space dollar path in all capital letters. Okay. And what you'll see is a list of folder names, and they're separated by a colon character. So we slash yeah. user slash bin colon slash bin colon blah, 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 blah. Just a list right. of them. Is that every place it found it? What, the, what those are is the search list. So every time you type a command, Bash goes through this process. The first question it asks is, is this a built-in? If the answer is yes, it just does it. Path is not involved, it just gets done. Okay. If it's not a built-in, which is the vast majority of things you're going to be doing, then it says, okay, I am now looking for an executable file called something. And it starts with the first folder in the path and looks in there. If it finds it, it runs it and it stops looking. If it doesn't find that it goes to the second level and repeats the process, then the third level, then the fourth level, goes the whole way through the path, and if it still hasn't found it, then it prints out an error message. Okay. And if at any stage it does find that it stops looking, 
which means that the order of your path is important because what's at the start of the path is more important than what's at the end of the path. So if you have two implementations of some command, it's the one at the start of the path that wins the argument. Oh, okay. So it is an ordered list of folders separated by colons. So if you just type something that's absolute garbage into the command prompt, like the example I have in the show notes is donkey, it comes back with the old command not found because there is no executable file called donkey in any of that list of folders. Makes sense. Now, if, okay, so so bash looks in this list of folders in your path to figure out what to run. But it may be helpful to know what actually is going to be run when you hit the enter key. And the command that lets you know whether or not to run something is... Actually, sorry, I'm going to stop there and go back one step. Um, So we've had a look at our path, and we see a list of folders, right? Right. Is there anything that jumps out to you as being missing on that list? Okay, I've got... It may not jump out at you until I say it. Okay. What's not there is dot. And dot means the current folder. Now, if you've come from a Windows or a DOS world, you're used to any executable file in your current folder being executable. Okay. Because if you... DOS also has a path. And if you look at the path in DOS, it does contain the folder dot, i.e. the current directory. But on OS X, Unix, and Linux... The, path, the folder dot is not in your path. And you might say that this sounds awkward, and arguably it is, but it's awkward with a security bent. The reason is, right, so what you could do, which it's fun to do to people if they run DOS, is you could drop a malicious version of a common command into some folders on their system. They would change into those folders, go to run the common command, but instead of it being picked up from the system folder, it could be picked up from the current folder. And so they may have typed something like copy, and instead of it copying, maybe it deletes, because you're malicious and cheeky. So by having dot .execute, you can accidentally run the wrong file. And so the way Unix and Linux deal with it is that dot isn't in your path. You can still run something in the current directory. You just got to mean it. And the way you mean it is by saying dot slash and the name of the file, and then it'll just run. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not that you can't run stuff in the current folder. It's just you won't do it by default. You got you to gotta tell Bash that you mean it. You're not joking. You really do want it to run the file in this folder. Okay. So that's just a little aside. All right. Okay. So we have this path. And we know that when we type ls, some file in one of those folders is going to be the one that actually runs and does the work for us. But which one? And rather conveniently, the command to tell you which one is the command which. (laughs) So if you type which space ls, it will tell you where ls is. Or which space bash. Or which space MV or which space CP or which space ORM or anything else that we've done in the last 12 segments. Oh, that's cool. And I'll just give you a file path. Okay. Which is cool. Now, something which slightly confuses people is that if you do... So I have said that if something's a built-in, it just runs. And it doesn't need the path. Which may make you think that something like CD or PWD are not files. But actually, if you run which CD or which PWD, they actually are files. The difference is that because there are built-ins, Bash doesn't use the path to find them. Bash just knows where they are. Hmm. 
which means that if you completely break your path, you can still change directory and tell where you are, which is kind of important if you'd like to fix the fact that you've completely broken your path. <laughs> so I just did which space CD and it found mm-hmm. it in one of those folders that was in the it path. Will. Yes. So it's there and it's built in? Yes. Oh, okay. Just to confuse you. Copy or? CP is not a built-in, I don't think. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant is, uh, is finding it in um, slash user slash bin, does that mean it's a copy of that command? Or No, what it means a... is that... It's probably referencing the real one. Yeah, so when you just type it as a built-in, all the built-in does is it just has a hard-coded link to the command CP is this file. Okay. So it's not using the path to find it. It just oh. knows. Oh, okay. Got you. So it just means that if you break the path, it still knows where that is because it knows it by knowing it, not because it's in the path. It's, you know, it's not all that important. Anyway, the best way to figure out what something does is to break it. So let's do that. <laughs> oh, no. Now, as we learned last time, your environment, you get a copy of your environment, and then whatever changes you make go away when you close your finder window. So it is perfectly safe to open a finder window, type export space path in all capital letters equals. You don't mean a finder window. You mean a terminal window, don't you? I do mean a terminal window. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Start the command over again. <laughs> so it, it basically is the command we learned last time to put something in the environment, export space path in all caps equals, and then two single quotes straight after each other. In other words, an empty string, absolute nothingness. Enter. Okay. If you now type echo dollar path, you will see that your path has gone to blankness. Your path is now gone. But you can still do some basic stuff. So cd space tilde slash desktop still works fine. PWD still works fine. But that's kind of where things did. Yeah, they're built in. They work fine. Things break down a bit, though, after that. So something as simple as ls space minus alh... Command not found. Oh, that's terrible. Which nano? Command not found. Nano test file.txt. Command not found. Oh. So we have lost everything except the built ins. But they're not really gone. Bash has just lost the ability to find them for you, but if you know where they are, you can still run them. So if you type the full path to ls, it works just fine. So slash bin slash ls space minus alh does exactly what you expect. Slash user slash bin slash oh, which yeah. nano does exactly what you expect. Again, slash user slash oh. bin slash nano test file does what you expect. That's a great so, illustration, Bart. That really, I got it. Excellent. So really, the path is just making life easy for us. It's not doing any magic. It just means that we don't have to remember where everything is. It just remembers for us. Now, and I think things. I actually understand the environment better, too, because I just opened a second window and it knows where LS is. It's perfectly fine. So I was going to say, now let's, let's, not, let's unbreak things. Close that terminal window and open yourself a fresh one. Let's go back to normality. Nice. Oh, I get it. Okay. Love it. So I love it. Now let's take things to the next level. It is going to happen to anyone who gets into this command line stuff at some stage that you're going to start writing your own scripts or downloading other people's scripts. I mean, there, I know there are listeners who have downloaded my XKPassWD scripts so that they can create their own password generators and their own Macs. Yeah, Dorothy didn't know you had a web interface. <laughs> she goes, what oh, are you there talking you go. about, Allison? <laughs> it's a script. What, you, what, what is this web thing? Like, she was using it, so that's good. I like that, actually. Um, so we're going to create ourselves a little dumb script. 
And the purpose is not to learn scripting. The purpose is to learn how we would edit our path. Okay. So last time when I picked a random example out of my backside, we went for a bash script. Today we're going to pull a random Perl script from okay. somewhere. So we're going to create a new directory called my scripts in our home folder. And then we're going to create a new file within it, which is going to be the quote unquote command. Where am I? So if you follow the show notes there, mkdir tilde slash my scripts nano tilde slash my scripts forward slash where am I? And then in that file, just put the following effectively two lines with a blank line between them. So the first one is our shebang line, like we talked about last time. And this time we're pointing it at Perl. And um, actually with some good listener feedback on shebang. Oh, yeah. Various theories about where it comes from. And some people spell it S-H-A-bang and some people spell it S-H-E-bang. And basically no one really knows (laughs) is actually where it comes from. But there are lots of theories and Wikipedia can give you the answers. Anyway, so we have our shebang line to say that this is a line of Perl, and then we have a line of a very simple line of Perl that says print inside double quotation marks, and the double is important. Hi, dollar n open curly bracket user close curly bracket comma you are currently in dollar n open curly bracket pwd close curly bracket backslash n close the quote semicolon. And I'm not right. supposed to have to know what hardly you don't that have to means, know what it means, but you could probably make an educated guess. Okay, dollar n. What do you think that might be? Uh, the environment that I'm in? That's how Perl... Okay, so I said that every process has access to the environment. In Perl, we access the environment through an associative array called ENV in all capitals. In Bash, we just access it by giving the name with a dollar sign in front of it. Same idea, you know. So that's just a Perl way of accessing the environment. What this is going to do is going to print out the environment variable... It's going to high, the environment variable user... You are currently in the environment variable PWD. In other okay. words, it's a simple, it's a, it's a more Englishy version of PWD, frankly. So hit save on that. And we now need to make it executable because we've now created a file, but it's not a command yet because it's not executable. So as we learned many, many moons ago, chmod space 755 space tilde slash my scripts slash where am I? And after we've done that, we can run the script by simply typing at the command, at the command tilde slash my scripts slash where am I? And so if you do that, you'll see that it does what I promised it would do, which is print out basically a fan, an Englishy version of PWD. I'm almost there. Almost there. You're typing furiously. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to type it myself because it, it helps me understand it better and maybe have a remote chance of remembering some of it. Yeah. And you'll probably do a typo too, which gives us more chance to explain. Hey, wait a minute. Nothing happened. Why have I got a right bracket showing all of a sudden? That sounds like there's some sort of typo going on. Yeah, there is. There you go. Permission denied. What did I do? Did you forget to see the the schmod? No, I did the schmod, but I did a... a, Oh, actually, if you're copying from the show notes, see the way I have the the fancy Perl syntax highlighter? Yeah. If you don't change that from the fancy version to view plain text, you're going to have trailing, you're going to have numbers in front of all the lines that's going to break your script. Or if you put a quote before the 755 for no apparent reason. That'll do it too. <laughs> that will definitely do it Hi, too. Hi, Allison, you are currently in PWD because I used the wrong kind of curly brackets. Ah. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you use... see what it's going to do. You could quickly yeah. fix it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm so not used to being in nano. 
<laughs> Everything I edit in Nano starts with an I. <laughs> and anyway, but so you now have our home game last week would know why why he said that. Yeah. <laughs> so we now have a script that we can run by giving it its full path, but it's not really what we think of as a command yet because we can't just say where am I on its own because it'll just say command not found. So now let's add it. To, let's add the folder we created to our path. We're going to again do this in a safe way. So we just type export space path in all capital letters equals open a double quote dollar path colon dollar home forward slash my scripts close the quote hit enter and there's a few things to note here first off if you're changing your path always 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 remember to include a dollar path in the new value because otherwise you're not changing otherwise you're not adding to your path you're replacing your path oh i wondered about that and if you replace your path, then every command that's not built in or in that one folder you've just quote-unquote added is going to stop working because what you've actually done is taken almost everything out of the path apart from your one new folder. Now, if you're Linus Torvalds and you've written a new OS, you're probably okay to take everything out apart from what you've just written. <laughs> but most of us, that's not what we meant to do. So always make sure that $path colon is at the start of any new value you put in path. So what you're basically saying is the path equals the new path is the current path and then this bit we're going to add on. Okay. The second thing to notice is that you can't use the tilde character inside variables. Hmm. So okay. instead, we're using $home, which, as we learned last week, contains the path to your home directory. In other words, $home and tilde are basically the same. Right, right. But that will work in your path. Um, so that command simply says, make my path the current path, plus the path to this new folder I've created, which is $home slash myscripts. Hit enter on that, and then do an echo dollar path, and you'll see that stuck on the end of your path is now slash users slash your username slash myscripts. Nice! It is. Which means that you can now simply type which where am I, for example, and it will tell you, oh, actually, where am I is here. I now know where it is because it's in my path. And you can just type where am I as a command. Oh. There we go. We have written a command line command. <laughs> we've essentially okay. written what PWD says, except it doesn't say, hi, Allison. Exactly. We've made a friendly PWD is what we've nice. done. Nice. So now let me see if I can remember, uh, since we, uh, let's see, is this the kind that's only in this environment? So if I open a new window, mm -hmm. it's not there? I was, that's the next thing we were about to do. So if you close that window and open a new one and you type, where am I? You're going to get bash, where am I? Command not found. Oh. Because, of course, our change to the path was only in that terminal window's environment. And once we close that terminal window, its environment is gone forever. So in order to make this change more permanent, we need to understand how Bash builds its environment. And this is, this is dual purpose. First off, it lets us actually do the stuff we need to do today. And secondly, this is the mechanism we're going to use for everything else we talk about next time. Where we're going to look at all sorts of cool things you can customize in Bash. Okay. So when Bash starts up, it goes through a two-phase process where it basically initializes itself. And the first thing it does is it loads a file called slash etc slash profile. And this file actually predates Bash because sh does the same thing as well. They all load slash etc slash profile. And <clears throat> the actual content is going to be different depending on which version of Linux or Unix you have because 
they all do things their own slightly different way. It's the same bash, but it's configured somewhat differently. So I, the first one I did was I looked at it, it's a HTTPS profile on my Ubuntu server, and the end result is in the show notes, and it's really quite long and not all that Englishy. And I was like, oh, God, I hope OS X is nicer, or this is going to be a horrible segment. So the good news is it is nicer on OS X. So when you're on a Mac and you have a look at slash etc slash profile, which you can do with cat space slash etc slash profile, what you'll see is it's only about 10 lines. And actually the first of those lines is just a comment that says, this is the system-wide dot profile for SH. Okay. And actually it only does two things. It wraps those two things in some logic. Basically it's saying, if it, if the file exists and is executable, then execute the file slash user lib exec path underscore helper. And then after that, it says, if it exists and we're in bash, not sh, then run this other file, slash edc, slash bash or c. So we look at those two in order. Now, the first one there is the call to path helper. And it's probably no surprise that it's very important in terms of assembling your path. So as we learned before, we can figure out just what it does by saying man space path underscore helper. And what it will basically tell us is that path helper does builds the path using two inputs. So it takes the entries in a file called slash etc slash paths, and it uses those to start the path. And then it looks in a folder called slash etc slash paths dot D and looks for any other files in there. And if there are files in there, it sticks any folders in those files into the path as well. And then when it's all done, it hands the path back. So, so is that saying what, that paths.d, etc slash paths.d is actually where the built-in stuff is? No, that's, okay. this is purely to assemble your path, right? But, so the but built-ins it's getting it are, from somewhere. Right, so your OS has, is going to have a default path. I mean, different OSs store different files in different places. So you couldn't have the same path on every OS. So the mechanism is that slash etc slash profile has to build your environment. And on OS 10, it outsources the work. It doesn't, etc slash profile doesn't do the hard work of assembling your path. It outsources it to something called path helper. So if you just run path helper, so if you just paste slash users as libxx as path helper into the terminal, you'll see what it actually does is it spits out the bash command to export a path. Okay. Which is, you should recognize the path because it's actually your path. Shoot, I can't remember how to get out of man. Uh, control C will certainly get you out, but colon Q is the polite. No. Command C is not getting me out. Control C? Control, control C, C is what I meant. Sorry. I'm just but in man. You're just in man. Ask colon Q should always get you out of man. There we go. Okay. So if you just run user lib exec path helper, you'll just see that it actually just spits out the path. Okay. And it's not getting that from magic. If you cat the file slash etc slash paths, what you'll see is it's just a text file with one folder per line. And all path helper is doing is it's mushing those into the right format. Okay. And if you wanted to customize this and you were a system person writing software that needed a customized path, you could create a file in slash etc slash paths.d and stick your customizations there. So that way you wouldn't be polluting the main path. But on a default OS 10, that folder is empty. But in theory, you could use it. But it's not a good idea for some reason? It is a good idea, but oh. only if you're a software vendor. So Okay. Right. Well, you will notice 
Well, we'll come to that in a minute, actually. Okay, so the first thing is, so path helper just builds the default path. And then the next thing that happens is that if we're a bash shell, we execute this bash or C file. So CDC slash bash or C. You can have a look at it. It's 21 lines long. Most of it is actually just, it's basically, it's the glue needed to make bash behave in an OS 10 like way on OS 10. So it makes bash aware of the, the, you know, the various vagaries of the OS 10 terminal compared to some other terminal app on some other OS. It's just doing some plumbing to make Mac's terminal behave in a Mac-y way. So we don't really care about it, right? It's important, but we don't care about it. There's one line in there that we do care about, and this is just a preview for next time. The line looks innocent enough. It says PS1 equals, and then a bunch of glop. That bunch of glop is actually the definition of the format for a command prompt. Slash H means hostname. Slash capital W means current folder. Slash U means current user. And if you look at the command prompt in any terminal window, you'll see that it's your host name, a colon, what folder you're in, space, your username, dollar sign. And that's oh. very recognizable from that little command there. Next so week, we'll look in detail. But so you could go mess with that and change the dollar could. sign to like an ampersand or something if you wanted to? There are a lot of people who, for fun, change the dollar sign to the Unicode character for the Apple symbol. <laughs> right? Which is a cute little thing to do. And there's other people, you can use emoji in there as well. So oh, people geez. have it as a hamburger and all sorts of silly things or a smiley face. We'll look at that next time. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention it. What a delightful level of geekiness. I thought you'd approve. So to get Bash up and running, the phase one is that Tashidis has profile is executed, which does two things. It builds the path and it runs this Bash or C file. But that's only the first half of the process. And what you will notice if you look, if you do an LS minus L on those two, on the two files in question, you'll see that the permissions are very restrictive. No one has right access to those files. Hmm. You'll see it's just or, or root wheel. That's a subtle hint that this is not where you should be making your customizations. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And not going, say, like 755 on that bad boy or something. Right. You could, right? If you, if you're an admin user, and you use the pseudo command that we haven't talked about yet to give yourself full system privileges, you have the power to do anything you want, including break your system horribly, which is what you will do if you mess with these files and make a mistake. So they're not, they're not writable for a reason. It's the OS telling you, really, you shouldn't be here. This is not for you. This is a system file. So phase two is for you. So having done the system level stuff, Bash then starts to look in your home directory for specially named files, which it will then execute if they're present. Now, there's a slight confusion here. If you're a Mac user, you have to you use a different file name to if you're a Linux user. There is, a, there is actually a reason for this, and it's not nonsense, but it doesn't matter. But if you're curious, I've put a link in the show notes to a little explanation just for those who care. But really, the takeaway is, if you're on Linux, you edit the file tilde slash dot bash or C, if you're on OS 10, you edit the file tilde slash dot bash underscore profile. So for the purpose of this, we're on OS 10. So any customizations we want to make to bash on our Mac should be in tilde slash dot bash underscore profile. And so we have a problem to be solved. We've written this script. So let's solve the problem. Alrighty. <laughs> so nano tilde space, uh, tilde slash dot bash underscore profile, because that file, well, it may exist, but either way, you're going to edit it. And I've put a sample 
uh, bash underscore profile file into the show notes. The easiest thing to do is copy and paste, because if you make a boo-boo, you won't do irreparable damage, but you will make life a little awkward for yourself. So I'm going to have to do that line by line because of the line numbers, right? No, if you click the view plain text button there. (gasps) Oh, look at you. Look at you. How'd you even do that? It's a special plugin for source code. Sweet. I don't have, you know, the way I'm not again, I'm not four plugins. I have like three. That's one of them. Yeah, that's neat. So if you look at that script, right, the first thing to say is any line in, in bash that starts with a hash or a pound sign, as you, as you guys would call it, is a comment line, which means okay. bash ignores it. So the first line that says pound sign print warning message. Uh, you can leave out these echo lines if you prefer, is just some text I've put there to make sense. And what's below that is a bunch of echo lines. And all those echo lines are going to do is going to print a message to your terminal every time this file executes. And the message is simply instructions for how to undo if you make a (laughs) boo-boo. Okay. Which is just me being polite, right? On my own systems, I don't have those echo commands. It's just there to make this an extra polite bash profile. The real work is is the last line there export path equals dollar path colon dollar home slash my scripts. It's exactly the same line that we used further up in the notes. But by putting it in this file, it's going to happen every time we open the new terminal window. And therefore, our path change appears persistent. So it's actually being recreated each time, but it's always being recreated the same, so it's effectively like we've made a permanent change. Cool. So if you do, so copy and paste that into the file, hit enter, And at first, nothing is going to happen. Now, that's because this file exists, but it hasn't been run yet. So the easiest way to run it is to command W, that terminal window, and command N, open new one. Hang on. Uh, Mine worked. I pasted that stuff in. I saved the file out, and I typed, where am I? And it worked. Yes. Because that's where we'd done it before. So I opened a new window and typed, where am I? And it worked. Okay, but that's because you saved the file. Oh, I wasn't supposed to save? No, no, you were supposed to save, but if you'd, if you'd had a fresh terminal, save the file and then not open the new terminal, it wouldn't oh, have yeah. the end. Okay. okay. Now, what you will notice in the new terminal is that you now get the little warning message or the little sort of notice being I printed. Out. I didn't. You didn't. Did you copy even the echoes? Because it should be at the top of every finder window or of every terminal window now. It, I did. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. dot bash underscore profile oh 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 no 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 i see what you're saying yeah at the top of the term okay mm. yeah above that, where i yeah because I, what i told you is that when you start a new bash window it assembles its environment by running these files in order so first slash etc slash profile then path helper then slash etc slash bash or c then tilde slash dot bash underscore profile and then you get your prompt oh so all of this sort of bootstrapping has happened before you get to type anything in. So that so you can see that that file is run because I put the echo commands in. If I hadn't put the echo commands in, the path would have been set, but you wouldn't have seen anything. So to make it more obvious what's going on is another reason I chose to use the echo commands. Interesting. Okay. And now you can just type, where am I? And that's it. Your changes, you have now altered your path and you now have this friendly version of, P- of PWD. So until um, I go in and I, I comment out those echoes, I'm going to get you, every, every yes. um, terminal window will always have this. You can delete them or comment them out. Okay. 
And if you don't, if you're going to delete our little silly test file, just delete the whole file, assuming there's nothing else in it before you started. If there was, don't delete what was in it before you started. Um, anyone who uses Mac ports will find that when they go into their uh, Bash underscore profile, it already has a few lines in it because that's actually how Mac ports makes the customizations it needs to find stuff in its funny version of the path because it puts everything into slash opt slash local slash bin, which is not in the OS ten path. Okay. Anyway. So really, okay, so we've learned today how to manipulate your path and what it does, but we've also laid the foundation for the next installment because anything you do in tilde slash dot bash underscore profile is now a permanent customization to your terminal. So the next obvious question is, okay, I can edit my path. Can I do other stuff? And the answer is yes, and that's what we'll look at the next time. I got to tell you, Bart, I have had discussions about path probably... 18 times with Linux heads who are very, very smart people and very good at explaining other things. Never did I understand what, what the path was till today. I well, mean, thank you. not even but close. <laughs> I am a firm believer that to explain something, you break it. Yeah, I think that actually, I think that did help. It's like, you know, can you explain to someone how an alarm clock works? If you take it apart, you're going to have an easier time. Now, if my youth is anything to go by, you're going to have a lot of springs left over and a broken alarm clock. But nonetheless, you'll have some idea what's going on in there. My father was never more proud than when he came down to my my bedroom and found I'd taken my telephone apart and had it all over my bed. I think it actually did work again, but it was just, he was just like, yeah, that's my little engineer on the way. Yeah. No, I think kids should be encouraged to take things apart. Absolutely. Well, like I said, this has been really cool. I'm just excited I know what path is. That seems like a good way to end the year, doesn't it? It sure does. Okay, well, until next year, happy computing and also a happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Festivus, whatever you're having yourself. Just have a good holiday. All right, you too, Bart. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartificer.net.